David X, it's been a minute. I know, I know. Did we like take June off or what? Or it July? feels a lot like we, yeah. It feels like we took, uh, we took, yeah, we took some time off. Well, we're 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 busy men. We're booked and busy. Mm-hmm. We've got mm-hmm. a lot of stuff to do. Working so. men, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Got to make that money. Yeah, yeah. But people were people were asking about us. Um, the the people are expressing concern. So thanks for your concern. We're all okay. We're all okay. It's just that time of year, I guess. But uh, yeah. yeah, what's yeah. new with you? I uh, so I had one of these moments. I was on a let's, let's call it a Friday Friday evening, and I was thinking to myself, man, I I got I got that hankering. I got that hunger. I need a I need another piece of technology in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. we know that this this rarely goes somewhere productive. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I woke up the next morning, and uh, I had delivered to me a set of uh, the comically overpriced uh, Apple uh, over ear headphones. Mm, okay. AirPod yes. Max, they call them. AirPod Max, okay. AirPod Max, yeah. And uh, and I realized later what happened. Uh-huh. Uh, if I'm honest, I am, I'm the kind of person who listens to your podcasts uh, while I'm doing my chores around the house, right? Doing laundry, mm-hmm. cleaning bathrooms, whatnot. And uh, I do not have a life in which on a Sunday morning, I put a set of high-end headphones on my ears and uh, carefully listen to a uh, John Coltrane album on vinyl. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. that guy. I'm not that, uh, I, don't, I don't live the Esquire lifestyle. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so and, it's uh, like, oh, okay, keep going, keep going. Yeah, and so, the, and so I, I, I bought these, and they're, they're great. They're extraordinarily good headphones. Um, but I'm realizing like I look ridiculous in them. And so mm-hmm. I'm unwilling to wear them on video conferences. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do not have an Ames chair in which I can listen to John Coltrane albums on vinyl. Mm-hmm. And so I actually I got this piece of comically overpriced technology and I don't have really anywhere to use it. Hmm. And I can't remember the last time this happened. Hmm. That I got a piece it, of technology. Uh, I actually like it. I like the technology, but it just it has okay. no room in my life. And how's the quality? Is it uh, radically different? Yeah. No, it's great. No, the quality is great. The noise canceling is the the best I've the best I've ever experienced. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if I want to shut something off uh, mm-hmm. and just like focus on a task, they'll be good for that. Um, mm-hmm. okay. But as it turns out, I don't have the. I rarely have the luxury of kind of shutting myself off and focusing on a task for that long. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, wish. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So these are, these are, I guess one way to put it is I don't have any place for these in my life. And another way to put it is that these are pure, this was a purely aspirational purchase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were wanting the technology to change your life as opposed well, to I wanted, it, Yeah. Or... I wanted a life that could accommodate this technology. Yes. 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 That's right. Hmm. So essentially, these are for sale now. Yeah, I haven't quite given up on the hope that I okay. can maybe I can build a life around these headphones, right? Okay. Yeah, maybe this yeah. is the maybe this is the kick I needed. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Interesting. Yeah. How about you? What's going on over there? Oh well, my technology thing. We've talked about the the Mi Band in the past. Um, and I, I got a hold of the Mi Band 6, and it it uh, 
it measures all kind of different things now. Uh, you know, it, you know, it, your uh, it has a pulse oximeter. Tell you, you know, your your uh, uh, blood pulse oxygenization, mm-hmm. oxygenization, and all that. Um, measures your stress level, which um, maybe I maybe I need to calibrate it, but um, it's 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 really telling me it's that I have a problem. Uh, so it is pretty interesting <laughs> that I could see throughout the day. And what I would love to have the feature, like have it integrate with Google calendar to like, mm-hmm. you know, correlate the most stressful parts of my day with, with, uh, with what events. So I could see, oh, yeah. you know, uh, some patterns, but uh, yeah, it's something else. It's, it's uh very, very interesting in terms of, uh, and, and it, it, it always measures your pulse too. So it'll send you a, an alert saying your pulse is a little high. Um, and it only does it whenever um, it doesn't think you're exercising. So like uh-huh. if you're running and your pulse is high, it's going to be like, oh yeah, that's you're, you're intending to do that. But if like, if all of a sudden, Hey, your pulse is 120 while you're sitting there in your chair. Uh, and it's like, um, it, it'll tip you off. Uh, I see. Has this uh, has this actually changed your behavior in any way now that you've got a feedback loop here? Mm, I think that I'm. It's be, it's making me more mindful, um, and it's it's making me more of a detective to correlate to try to correlate, uh, you know, uh, stress with with what I'm doing when I experience that stress because it it is down to the minute in terms of uh, uh, when you when it's experienced and the the level of intensity of the stress that it measures. So um gonna gonna check that out and maybe you know may, maybe i need some uh apple air cans to to calm calm me down i don't know <laughs> well yeah I'll, I'll i'll send some right over i'll send them right yeah. over all right yeah yeah so this week we we got a lot of good things we, we got some ai art and AI sarcasm. Uh, we mm-hmm. have teaching humans dark patterns and uh, teaching dogs, uh, all dogs, new tricks. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I like the idea of teaching teaching uh, teaching dogs new tricks. So my Rosie is now probably eleven years old. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to teach her some new tricks. So I'm looking forward yeah. to this. Yeah, yeah. So um, where should people go to uh, get uh, get a, get their own? Uh, live the uh, air can lifestyle and and uh, um, and wear their me band to measure their stress. Yeah, so they they should go to uh, dgshow.org. So that's uh, D as in Dave, G as in Gunner Show. dot org, and now on the Twitter, the Twitter uh, at dgshow. d o t o r g. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, cutting room floor, super fun. Uh, we got. Um, speaking of, of, uh, your air cans, uh, I don't know if you watched that. There's a short, uh, satirical film from 1959, um, about the invention of the audio file. Oh, very nice. This is right in my alley. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you know, they, they're filming like all these like beatniks going to the hi-fi store and picking out albums and the right, uh, tubes and stuff like that. And, um, the, it starts off there, um, they're the narrator. It's this very British sort of thing. Uh, uh, it's it, the narrator says there's a man in Wimbledon who will go on adding to his equipment until he can hear the sigh of the conductor as a piccolo misses its entry. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, this is my aspiration. This is the, this is the Esquire lifestyle that I'm, 
mm-hmm. that I'm pursuing, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so that you could probably get your uh, air cans and do an updated one um, uh, version <laughs> of this. So, yeah, and then um, we got you know I, I know you're a big fan of control panels, so I, I found some uh, spatial consoles uh, for you with with really wonderful buttons. Um, so those nice. are nice. And then um, there's uh, some AI generated motivational uh, posters too, and and we found <laughs> some fun ones. What what are some of your favorites? Uh, let's see. Well, I think my absolute favorite was uh, uh, this beautiful sunset man standing before it, and he's in shadows. You know how they do with the motivational posters, and the text of the poster reads, "Give your life to fantasizing and self deception." Mm, nice. Yeah, like that's nice. Yeah. Some, that's some heavy thoughts. How about you? Oh, well, there's some, I like the more disturbing ones where, you know, mm-hmm. like there's this one of the, it's like this tornado flying through a field and it, it just says, keep on ovulating. Um, which <laughs> it's like, okay, all right. That's, that's fine. Uh, and then there's a couple others that uh, there's like this picture of an alien and it's uh, only through sublimation, uh, only through the sublimation of glory can the experience uh, ah, let me try again. Only through the sublimation of glory can one experience the true enlightenment of barbarism. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, we cannot become better humans by disappointing each other. We can just become better humans by destroying each other. Oh, that's very true. That is. Yeah. Very, yeah. Well, so Jared yeah, Diamond, you can, guns, germs, yeah. and steel in there. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, you can probably order some uh, frameable prints for that. So all good stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, have you, like, you know, we talked about MOVA, uh, the, the programming language, uh, mm. a couple episodes ago, right? Have you heard about Infinidash? Yeah, I thought this, this was causing a, a, I think this, I saw an internal email thread on this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people, mm-hmm. people were all excited about talking about this new product from, uh, it's AWS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. AWS Infinidash. Um, well, I, I put a link in the show notes where they, they go through it with a demo and everything. Um, and then there's like a Twitter, like, uh, like a Twitter feed where you have people like explaining it and everything. It's just great. Um, but it, it's like totally fake. Um, you know, the, it's, it's a totally fake AWS service. Um, and it's, uh, uh you know, they, they talk about, um, you know, the Amazon way is to start with the press release and work backward. Well, in, in this case, in the, the demo video, they said that you, you want to go even further and start with the community enthusiasm and then start working backwards <laughs> to the press release. And so, um, yeah, they say it's, it's fully no code, um, which is awesome, right? And, uh, the, it, and if you go to abbreviate it, it's uh, I8H. For infinite that's <laughs> great. great yeah yeah but but i'll tell you what like the twitter feeds uh, on that of the very straight face deadpan explainer videos and how people just go on and and explain the stuff is so good and you know i i you know it's like everybody you know it seems like people just there's some new framework or language of the month uh, that people get all excited about. And they're like the cool kids because they know about it. Nobody else does. Um, uh, you know, they're trying to, um, you know, they came up with that to see if they could trip people up. And um, and I'm sure it was intentional, 
but uh, Signal actually has a uh, job posting where um, they are looking for somebody with Infinidash skills. <laughs> That's fantastic. I really, I, I'm enjoying the fact that Signal uh, continues. Uh, well, I like the fact that they continue to find joy in their work. I think it's mm -hmm. great. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. It's uh, that's that's great. The stuff they're doing, yeah. And then you you found this one, um, this Unreal Engine trick where you know we were talking about um, like you know GPT three and it's like and doing like image recognition and um, being able to like like do in this case it's what text to speech, and you say mm -hmm. that. Um, I want an apple, and and then it gives you a picture of an apple. And then, it, um, if if you say I want a picture of an apple that looks like it was made in Unreal Engine, it just gives you a really trippy looking apple. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Like an even like a higher quality apple than the one it just gave you. <laughs> That's right. right. That's ray traced and just yeah, yeah. exactly. That's right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's right. Um, this is a good, this is a good plug for an excellent newsletter, uh, Today in Tabs, uh, written by Rusty Foster is the uh, is the is the author of this newsletter. Um, you might remember Rusty as the guy who ran Corrosion, um, that kind of slash dot workalike uh, oh, from I don't know about probably that. like fifteen years ago. Yeah. So. Um, Anyway, uh, Rusty's great. He's very funny and extremely well read, and so uh, he's he had a great uh, newsletter. Everybody should subscribe to. Uh, that's a kind of a summary of everything that's going on in the world of media and technology, um, mm -hmm. and it's very funny. Uh, so, yeah, the Unreal Engine trick. Yeah, yeah, and uh, um, I guess uh, Dave and Gunner, uh, your tax dollars at work. Um, they're DARPA. They they actually mm. have developed a uh, sarcasm detector. Huh. Yep. And and you may think that it's like oh that's a waste of money, but actually um, it's their researchers DARPA I guess they funded the University of Central Florida um, to basically look to be able to distinguish uh, social media posts uh, based upon. Um, you know, it's like, oh, are they being sarcastic or are they being like real? And um, they pumped in like a bunch of headlines from the Onion and the Huffington Post, <laughs> and um, they, they pulled off a nearly perfect uh, sarcasm detection score. Huh? How about that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They, uh, you know, so they they trained it on the headlines and then. Um, they gave it a bunch of tweets and and it did did really well and um, so and then they also talked about too it's like it, the article is pretty interesting it went into um, you know people that are on the autism spectrum that they can't they they don't have the ability to detect sarcasm and mm -hmm. um, you know as a way to um, as like an accessibility aid uh, to like tell people that, Hey, this is humor. Hey, I'm just joking. Hey, this is sarcasm uh, for people right. that, you know, that, that need to understand that a little bit, uh, a little bit, need a little coaching to understand whether they're joking or not. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's a, that's a very, that's a very humane use of a technology like that. That's great. And I'm not being sarcastic. I think that's great. 
Yeah, and also think about like how much like even for people that are not on the spectrum where people try to do humor in an email or sarcasm mm -hmm. or whatever and it just totally falls flat and uh you know how you know how do you detect that and um you know as far as like you know maybe you're sending the wrong message and everything so that's yeah it, i think there are some uses there for uh just uh um people that don't have autism challenges so right yeah but, in fact i know a few teenagers who could benefit from having one of these strapped to them uh just mm -hmm. in, a, in an effort to help them self-regulate their use of sarcasm mm -hmm. yes yes that to, to dial it up or down um yes <laughs> that's right yeah yep yeah. And then, um, you know, the other thing I, uh, you know, we were talking about this. Uh, there's a, a really cool game um, that you could try out that it's called Terms and Conditions Apply, where mm -hmm. it's it's basically it's a game where you have to try to opt out uh, on the terms and conditions and try to make it the whole way through the game. Yes, it is. It is extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. It starts off easy. And then it, it gets, yeah. you know, it, you know, and, you know, they start, you know, so basically, you know, do you not want to not accept uh, cookies? Right. And and it's like no, and you know, not no, or something, you know, and things like that. And it, yeah. it just matches <laughs> it up. And then there's one that it's like the entire question is in like Arabic, and you're like, <laughs> no, you know, and and you know, the answer is in Polish or something, and it's like, all right, I'll, and you guess. Um, or the yeah. buttons move around on you, and it's it's really um, really interesting from like uh, a whole dark pattern uh, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know what it reminded me of was the uh, Dave. I don't know if you ever played the role playing game uh, Paranoia. No. Yeah, it's a uh, without getting too deep into it. It's a it is a role playing game uh, where you play against a AI computer um, who is uh, who has trapped all the remaining humans in a fallout shelter. And uh, it is uh, kind of a combination of all the future dystopias that you can imagine. Um, and uh, the game is very fond of like funny puzzles like this, right? Uh, mm. That are where the computer is trying to trap you into making the wrong choice, right? Interesting. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, like, like we don't get enough of that um, in real life. Um, so yeah, I was gonna say often, yeah, you can either play the game or go to work. Mm -hmm. And that was sarcasm for those following along. And that was sarcasm. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My red light just went off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, um, you know, it's like I saw that and then related to, um, you know, related to terms and conditions, annoying sort of things. Like, you know, you hit the captcha. Man, I'll tell you what. It's like, oh, pick all the things that have bicycles. And it's like, I put my glasses on. I can't. Oh. It's like, what is there? You know, it's like, oh, there were glasses behind or there were. A bicycle oh that was behind the house or whatever and it's like i don't know um but this one is actually a fun captcha where uh it's prototype code the guy's like clearly you know it's like don't use this for production but it's just more of a proof of concept for fun um where this uses doom um as inside of i guess a gif uh to be able to you know you pick the appropriate um you know you, you click on the monsters to uh shoot them and they die, and you keep you. And once you shoot enough monsters, it will uh, consider you a human and move you on to the next page. <laughs> That's great. 
It's fun. Just getting just getting a little surprise doom game in the middle of a, in the middle of your workday. I like it. Yeah, it's better than picking out traffic lights, right? For sure. Yeah. Or crosswalks. Yeah. Man, I hate that one too. Yeah, yeah. crosswalks are gnarly. Uh, I got a new one the other day. Chimneys. Chimneys. Now, yeah. why? Yeah. Why that? Why the computer needs to know what a chimney looks like? I I, won't, I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, oh, maybe for drones. Maybe for drone deliveries, they would need to understand chimneys. Yeah, Santa Claus. Um, or yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, you're, uh, put Santa Claus out of work. Or um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. The, well, the other one that drives me nuts too is what, what's your method for whenever they say pick all the traffic lights? Do you just pick the mm-hmm. light, or do you pick the whole beam that holds the traffic light on and the rail that goes into oh, the road? Yeah. Like, right. like which way do you go? No, uh, lights and the yellow part. That's my strategy, and that seems to work. Okay. Right. So I ignore the I ignore the whole uh, frame or or whatever apparatus is holding it up. I ignore that part. How about okay. you? Interesting. Uh, I I do the whole thing, um, but and it seems to work. But um, yeah, I'll have to try it the other way too. Hmm. But it's yeah, that can be frustrating as well, especially when it's like a. You know, some picture that's like five miles away on the horizon of a traffic light. It's like, ah, got you. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. But yeah. Uh, I, I, I prefer my captures without kind of ontological uh, trauma, you know. <laughs> okay. Yes. Straightforward, please. That's, that's yep. what I like. Yep, yep. It's just, yeah, like click on all the sandwiches, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I'm in trouble. Oh, this but what if it's, it's click on all the sandwiches, but it's like hot dogs? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is, this is a big problem. Yep. Huge problem. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, speaking of dogs, uh, so with your dog, like, does your mm. dog ring a bell to go outside or, or do, do you, like, how do you communicate with your dog? Yeah, she uh, stands in my way and stares at me when she requires something. Okay. And does she let you know what it is or do you have to like figure it out? No, I need context clues. Uh, so uh, sometimes I'll go walk to the water dish and see if she reacts. Start mm-hmm. playing your tail. I'll walk over to the door. Maybe she needs to go outside. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she's a, uh, I wouldn't say that she has a rich vocabulary. Mm, okay. Yeah. Cause there's, um, oh, yeah. Th- yeah uh, so with my dog, I mean, it's, you know, it it is a kind of, it's very similar of like, yeah, you walk to the door. We have a bell, you know, that like, like sleigh bells that hang off the door that he'll go and hit, but it's like, he, he'll hit it. And it's like, it doesn't necessarily mean that he wants to go out. It's more about, he wants attention of like, yes. Hey, it's time to, time to pay attention to me or I'm hungry or I'm thirsty. Um, yes. And so it's like, you know, a lot of times it's, it's to, you know, go outside and, and it's fun too. It's like when I go to take him for a walk, he'll walk up to the door and he gets all excited and I'm putting my shoes on and, you know, he's, he's whacking the bell. It's like, yeah, we're going, you know, and uh, just out of celebration, which is always fun. Nice. Yeah. I like that. I like that. But I, so how do we, how do we, uh, so how do we increase the, uh, the expressive power of our dogs? Yeah, so I saw that there was this uh, young lady um, uh, that her and her fiance uh, they have a dog named Stella, and um, um, she has um, she's actually a speech a speech pathologist, and um, 
she um, purchased like a, you know, they have a dog, her and her fiance. Um, and then she, she purchased a, like a buzzer that would play an audio clip. And then it's like, oh, she could hit it with her paw. And then the, the button says outside. Right. And then now she has this entire button board of like for eat, play, water and all that of, and, you know, and so hopefully the dog can remember the layout of the buzzers or, you know, hear the same word and know where, know which one to hit. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so now, now uh, I guess Stella has up to 35 buttons that she could press and, you know, she could press one for like things like she's happy um, and, and also like for her owner's names, uh, you know, there's, a, there's a button for each of the names, all that. Um, but, uh, I don't know how she's doing. I got, I got to follow up to see how she's doing, but do you think that would work or, or work with your dog? Uh, no, I think, uh, I think my dog would spend a lot of time on the eat button and mm-hmm. not a lot of time on the love you button or the, uh, walk button or anything else. I think just she would mostly focus on on the eating button. I'm also thinking though, David, I don't know why this is limited to dogs. It seems like, uh, there should be people on my staff. I, mm-hmm. I can just say yeah, children. Use, use yes. the buttons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And children, right. Mm-hmm. Say Soren, mm-hmm. are you hungry? Hit the, hit the, hit the eat button. That's mm-hmm. this, this is how we communicate now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's like a, a digital Skinner box or something. You know, with the little <laughs> pellet right. that comes out, you know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 So it's, I, I seen it and I'm like, mm, I don't know. And does, does Rosie know like your name and Soren's name or like you say Soren yep. and she knows what, you know, who you're talking about? Yes. Uh, she knows our names. Uh, she knows, uh, she knows outside. She knows dinner, breakfast, uh, walk for sure. She knows. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's a tree. She's got. Yeah, she's got. I would say she's. And then, of course, there's all the commands. You know, sit down, etc. I would say mm-hmm. she's probably got twenty words under her belt. That's all right. Yeah, hmm. not so bad. Yeah, but it's but it is a one way sort of thing. Like you're talking with her as opposed to her talking that's to right. you. Yeah, that's right. It, mostly because I. This is the other downside of this project is I'm not I'm not super interested in what she wants. You know. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I don't need to hear her opinion about whether she needs to eat or not. <laughs> we, have a, we have a schedule. We're going to stick to it. Yeah, uh, true. Well, then you don't get that button. Um, yeah, right. That's true. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then um, you saw this uh, about um, this person. It was it was like a Twitter long Twitter thread about this. Yeah. He talked to 2000 people about remote work in the last 12 months. And, and he made a bunch of predictions and you know, I know you had a couple and do you, you want to yeah. talk about yours? Yeah, we, we do. So, so this gentleman, he, he tells you at the end of this extremely interesting article about what he heard talking to thousands of people about remote work at the end of the article, he explains that uh, he is involved in a startup that is meant to facilitate remote work. So mm-hmm. kind of, take all these predictions uh, as the words of a salesman, but um, mm-hmm. he did have, he did have some interesting insights and things that, that would not have, uh, have occurred to me. So um, uh, one of the predictions he has for 2030 is the, uh, is that 
companies will begin optimizing for asynchronous work as opposed to synchronous work. It says offices mm -hmm. are instantaneous gratification distraction factories where synchronous work, that is two people sitting in the same room performing the same task, makes it impossible to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. uh, that is my certainly my lived experience. And one of the things I enjoy most about working from home is uh, that when I'm alone, I am in fact alone. Uh, I can't get bumped into. Um, I don't need to be brainstorming in hallways most of the time. Uh, I really just need to get work done asynchronously. And so mm -hmm. he, he's predicting the, the ascent of, of asynchronous work. And kind of related to that, he says, the one of the pivots that we will make between now and the next 10 years or so uh, is uh, privileging a written communication over spoken communication. Uh, because it is only through written communication and documentation and things like that, that remote teams can be most effective, which uh, at Dave, as you know, I am an enormous fan of writing stuff down. Mm -hmm. um, I, I am firmly of the opinion that if you cannot write the thing down succinctly, um, then you don't completely understand it. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, I look forward to, and I, when I hire, I, I often hire looking for people who can write well, uh, because mm -hmm. I believe that is so important. So I'm, I appreciate these predictions of his because they, they, uh, they reinforce my, my priors. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so uh, I'm into it. I'm into it. How about you? Yeah. Well, the, the written over spoken, I, I think that's, you know, as, as we grow and mature, you know, it's like you could have the person that's very convincing in the meeting without a lot of substance present something without a lot of facts or, you know, data to back it up and, or they could be the loudest speaker in the room and just sort of push something through, right. That could be a, maybe not the best idea in hindsight and yeah. writing it down. Um, and maybe that's, you know, I would like that because um, it would also, um, you know, especially if you get it ahead of time to be able to read it and, you know, just as an introvert to be able to like soak it in and, and, you know, have thoughtful comments about it. As a and like, how many times have you been in a presentation too that you're trying to give, and you know you get interrupted on slide two, and and you right. can't get your complete thought out. Whereas here, it's like, okay, nobody can interrupt you, nobody can ask questions. They could write them down in the margins, right? But you know they could bring their questions with them, and maybe those questions get answered later in the document or the presentation that can be a more successful thing. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I thought that was that was good, and it reminded me a lot of the uh, Amazon um, six-page memo uh, thing too. Sure. So, right. Um, right? Yeah, I need to I need to study that more. See if that's um, try to apply that more because uh, I think it builds a lot on the the S bar uh, work that we've been talking about as well. But yeah. you know, you know, the other thing you know they talk about. Uh, the person talks about output focus, which, you know, I, I, that seems to be a trend as well in terms of, you know, instead of measuring inputs and outputs, the, you know, people are actually looking not even at outputs, but at outcomes. And, you know, instead of like how many hours you worked or how many reports you generated, you're looking at the outcome of that report that you generated. But, you know, the other thing, though, too, is that, um, you know, he, he says it. Uh, advancement decisions will be decided by capability rather than who you drink beer after work with. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is also interesting in, in a remote hybrid world. Right. And then, you know, he talks about remote retreats where, you know, in, and, and um, 
you know, where you can have an entire company do an offsite and you have professional facilitators and educators, probably like what this guy's selling, um, to train staff <laughs> on how to maximize effectiveness. But but I could see that, you know, instead of it just being a a conference facility that it, where you have like a engineering or a sales kickoff or something like that, and it's up to the the company to do the content de- delivery, um, mm-hmm. you know, helping people uh, have more effective meetings and having professional facilitators like train people, I think would be good. Yep. yep. And then yep. Totally the last one is more about, um, and maybe it's, it's, you know, wishful thinking on my part is, you know, they talk about meeting death of, of wasting two hours traveling to a meeting um, will end. And, you know, and, and so, you know, trying to weigh, is it worth, you know, getting in an airplane to fly to California for a one hour meeting, you know? And, um, but then on the other side, you have conferences and like quarterly networking events, which the whole point is for cultivating in-person relationships. So um, I could imagine, you know, would, would those types of things flip where instead of you going to like that retreat where it's, you're sitting quietly, you're looking at, uh, you're watching somebody give a presentation where maybe you do all that in preparation, but the networking and the team building and the, you know, uh, the facilitators there help you with the relationship part of applying what you saw on, on, you know, by yourself on video or what you read going into it. Right. Right. Well, I think also often, you know, you, it's easy to say that, oh, I'm traveling, you know, I'm getting on a two hour plane ride to go have a one hour meeting. But of course, part of the value of doing that is all of the work outside of a meeting, right? Um, in the same mm-hmm. way that, you know, the, the value of the conference material is less important than the hallway track, right? Um, right. And so I don't know about, you know, I think that, I don't know about a meeting death. I think there's certainly fewer, especially now that the entire, you know, our entire industry has been trained to video conference, right? It's no longer mm-hmm. something exotic. It's now just something everybody knows how to do. Um, I can certainly see the amount of travel in general going down. I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a shocking number of people though, Dave, who uh, are eager to get back on airplanes. Oh yeah. Um, and very excited to go meet strangers and, uh, and talk about enterprise software. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can, I'm, I'm not one of those people, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm surprised, and and I, I I'm surprised that uh, there's a whole bunch of people who are really looking forward to it. Yes, yeah, well, yeah. A lot of people in sales roles where um, they probably feel uh, hamstrung by you know using a telephone and email to you yeah. know they can't walk the halls that they used to. But yeah. meantime, you know your customers may not be you know in the buildings. You know they're working from home, and you end up meeting them at you know you fly two hours to California to meet a customer at the Starbucks by their housing development, you know, <laughs> right. and yeah. as opposed to yeah. going into an office, getting badged and doing a visit request and, you know, all that it's mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, that's so painful. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. And I, I in the meeting um, part too, it's, I, I think there's the, the hybridization I think will hopefully be more normalized as well, that it's mm-hmm. less, stigmatized for somebody to be remote for a meeting yes yes i agree with that i agree with that and i think too that there's a we we all learned a lot about um the role of travel and where travel is helpful 
and also the role of synchronous versus asynchronous work, right? Yes. And it, and I think I was talking with a friend of mine about this uh, last weekend. I feel like if you have a culture that is heavily optimized for synchronous work, um, this was probably a a very exhausting and difficult uh, year, right? Yes. Um, and if you're, because you probably spent most of your days on video conferences, he yes. said, looking in the mirror. Um, yes. And on the video <laughs> although, conference. Yeah. On software. the video conference, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but if you, but if you have a culture built around asynchronous work, I was, I was watching, as I do, I was watching productivity videos on YouTube um, mm -hmm. because I'm a masochist. And uh, one of these one of these productivity gurus was um, showing how she manages her schedule in Todoist, right? And so, oh, oh I'm, this is this is right up my alley. I would love to know yeah. how she does this. Well, and she says, well, you know, it's a really simple system, and it's completely changed my game, and I got all excited for it. And then she proceeds to show a schedule in which she had four meetings a week, and I was uh, like, this is <laughs> this is fantasy land. Vacation. Yeah, yeah this is like fantasy land. There's I have no four. Way. I have four meetings when I'm on vacation. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, so, I, so here are the stark difference. She is probably extremely comfortable with asynchronous work and remoting and all the rest of it. And yeah. uh, I, on the other hand, am living in a culture extremely heavily built on synchronous work. And so, yes, that, uh, yes. Well, that that reminds me of um, there was a blog post a long time ago. Was it? Manager schedule, maker schedule. Are you familiar with that? No, but that sounds that sounds yes. I, I, okay, no, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah, so it's it's one of those classic ones um, that is you know it it just it's like hey you're a manager and you have to realize that the the individual contributors you know whenever you have a meeting at ten o'clock um, you know you're you know the the all the um, momentum that they build up from doing like focused work time just totally gets derailed and interrupted when you just right. do it right in the middle. And whereas for a manager, it's like, it's, you know, there, most managers don't have the time for focused work. It's going from meeting to meeting to meeting, making decisions, shooting from the hip, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that sort of thing. So like the maker schedule, it's like you want to have, if you have meetings, you know, it's like you got to be prepared to, you know, sacrifice some of that flow state in order to have those meetings. Mm -hmm. So you got to be mindful about having the meetings in the first place. And if you do do it, try to make it like before lunch or after lunch or, you know, just not in what, you know, so you can maximize the amount of time that somebody has to um, to get in that flow state. Right. Right. Yes. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I feel like one kind of overriding theme in this is the, for me, is the, I definitely recommend everybody read this article because it was extremely interesting to see mm -hmm. where he thinks things are going. Um, but you see the relationship between uh, culture, process, the kinds of tools that people use and how all those things come together to create the overall work experience, right? Um, mm -hmm. That's all. Uh, and how each each one of those things kind of pushes and pulls on the other. Yeah, and how how like the lack of tools or crappy tools could, um, you know, make the process worse. Or you could have the best tool in the world, but if you have a crappy culture, it's not going to help you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hmm. Yep.
should probably stop mm-hmm. there before we start incriminating ourselves. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> all right. Well, if Gunner, if if you uh, to have people uh, keep on ovulating, uh, where do mm-hmm. we need to send people? Yeah, uh, if you would like to give your life uh, to fantasizing and self-deception, uh, your first stop should be uh, dgshow.org. Uh, that's D as in Dave, G as in Gunner, show.org. And uh, on Twitter, at the dgshow, D-O-T-O-R-G. Excellent. All right, Gunner, well, good stuff. And uh, we'll catch everybody next time. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks, everyone. 